Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Pero, Pero Let, let me, me Tell You. you. Dale. Pero let me tell you, episode 19. Here we are. Wow, we didn't did we say, in unison. Didn't we say 19 was going to be like, blah, nobody cares about nobody being 19. Nobody cares about 19. You know, you, you don't get a reduction in your car insurance. You can't drink. You still can't rent a car. Bueno, felices 19. I guess. What was I, where was I on my 19th birthday? F-I-U. I'm sure you were there. <laughs> Wherever I was, you were there. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure, and I'm sure the same picture in the counter of my parents' house is. Uh, Aww, that's so. it's an evergreen picture. Yeah. So everybody, welcome to episode 19. Here yes. we are. Yeah, and we got a great episode. Um, actually, we have an interview with one of the legends of Miami drag, Alora, coming up. Mm. So really look forward to you guys, you know, sticking around to to hear that one. But. As you know, and, and, we do like to do our little current events. Yeah, and, and about the Adora interview, I, I wasn't that big on drag culture, if you will. Right. And um, I think I held my own in the interview. You absolutely did. And, yes. and, yeah. But what's really interesting about Adora is just to hear the story of the trajectory of, of yeah. the career it's and how it story. started and how he went from being this performer, going supposed to be classically trained, to yeah, ended yeah. up doing drag and be yeah. creating this character so yeah. you know even if, of Danilo Tuadora. so even if you're not in into drag queens or it, it you know you don't know a lot about it I think it's an interview that you could definitely enjoy because we the, all have a story the, to tell the, his story is actually very interesting so absolutely, absolutely. speaking of stories Ooh, okay. I wanted to start off on something that actually happened a couple of weeks ago but although that event, <laughs> No, no, me dieron un tigre. Although the event was a couple of weeks ago, it's more of a universal theme. Um, And it has to do with Demi Lovato. Oh, okay. So Demi Lovato, um, who I call Bay, (laughs) got in... um, She doesn't know that you do, but you do. She does it. She she got into a little bit of hot water uh, a couple of weeks ago because she was doing a live Q&A on Twitter with Mm -hmm. her fan, well, alleged fans. And um, somebody asked her... What is the 
like worst or most drastic prank you've ever pulled okay, on someone. Okay, right. And she said, oh, you know, one time we were in Vegas and um, I called like an escort or or a prostitute. A lady of the night. A lady of the night. Actually, that is the term she used, lady of the night, <laughs> to um, go into my bodyguard's room and, um, you know, kind of jump on top of him. You know, and he grab- didn't know. He didn't know. He, he was know, sleeping. Right, right, kind of right. jump on top of him, grab his junk, and kind of right. wake him up. And, um, you know, and she was saying that, like, when she did that, he kind of, like, freaked out. And, you know, apparently, obviously, it was a laughing matter if she... A good time had by all. Right, if she's right. kind of saying that it was a prank, right? right? right, right. So she, she, she disclosed this, and Twitter went wild. <sighs> And all these people on Twitter started saying that people should boycott her concerts and radio stations should not play her music because she's promoting sexual violence and she's promoting rape and that men can be the victims of sexual violence too and, and all that. You know, persona non grata. And I tried to look at this from an unbiased way because I, I like her, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that Demi Lovato has a very interesting story and I think that she, she's been very candid about her you know her struggles struggles and her trajectory and and you know how she got to where she is today you know what what i found so interesting and and disappointing at the same time was that you know you can go and say okay you know what i think that's in bad taste but it was the extreme comments of people like you know she's disgusting you mean social media was extreme and not not thought she's disgusting and you know she's a hypocrite because you know she supports the me too movement and now she did this and it's like first of all you don't know what type of relationship she has with her bodyguard exactly exactly i mean this was clearly something she did knowing who she was doing the prank with or on right and and again you could go and say you know i think that that joke wasn't tasteful Mm -hmm. but that would be a fair criticism but you know for somebody who obviously doesn't subscribe to that type of right, prank right, right, or right. joke but to go as extreme as saying that she's promoting sexual violence and you know men can get raped too and men can get fondled too and, and you know how many to, times I've gotten fondled and to ask for her boycott the bo- the boycott of her music yeah. and her content nowadays everybody asks for boycott of everything I mean, actually you know what when she when this whole thing happened I said are they gonna boycott Britney Spears then I don't want to know why. Do you know why? No. Because Britney Spears jumped on Jimmy um, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears did the exact, the exact same thing. You didn't know this? No, no, no. You being a Britney fan? You know, I can't keep up with everything. Maybe, I'm so exhausted from 2007. This was maybe two years ago. Oh, okay. uh, Jimmy Kimmel mm-hmm. at his home. Okay. It was when she released... No, okay. no, not Womanizer. No, no, no. Uh, you, be- you better work the... Be- work you better work, bitch. Yeah, that okay. song. I think it was that song, but it, w- it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe two or three years ago. She went into his bedroom and mm-hmm. his at his home. Right, right. His wife let her in, okay. and she came in with her dancers. And oh she, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And she jumped okay. on top okay. of him. Yeah. And he woke up and he was like, "What the hell?" Like right. freaking out. So I'm thinking like, "Oh, you know." So that prank now is you know Britney Spears promoting sexual violence. Well, you don't don't know why they had Janet Jackson that she would take the guy up on stage during rope burn. Oh no, forgot it. <laughs> forgot it. <laughs> Because she she practically had sex. I mean, if I would, I, I've told you this before. For those uh, listeners who don't, don't know. know, Janet Jackson not anymore because she you know is a mother now. I guess and she kind of <laughs> hasn't stopped Madonna. Well, 
but actually not even Madonna has done this. Janet Jackson for many years had this kind of um like two tours, right? It was like two or three tours. Yeah. Um that she when she would sing her more sexually provocative songs like Anytime Any Place, yeah. Rope Burn, she would bring um a guy from the audience into uh, on the stage and she would pretty much give him a lap dance right. and it would always end with her kissing the guy right. and i would always tell you I'm like damn if i got picked to go up there <laughs> i could say i got to second base with janet jackson i mean because <laughs> it's true it's true it's it's, true. A, it's a video you if you watch the velvet rope live from madison square garden and you're that guy you could say uh, yeah, I got to second base with Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. But, I mean, it just goes to what you and I have talked about before. That, again, we say this over and over again. The good thing about social media is that it gave everybody a voice. The bad thing is that it gave everybody a voice. The biggest problem here is it's people projecting their own, I don't want to say insecurities, but their own... Judgment? Judgment. Their without own, knowing the full without story? Knowing the full, well, not knowing the full story. Like Without knowing somebody's relationship. I mean, just like you and me, for instance. We've known each other for 30 years. There are probably things that happen between you and I's relationship that the outsider may look at and be like, you know, that's not what I would do with a friend or blah, blah, blah. But you don't know our relationship. Exactly. You know, and again, we've had the same group of friends forever. So there's certain things that probably we say amongst each other that the average person from the outside listening would be like, oh, my God, they're horrible. They're mm-hmm. horrible human beings. What are they saying? But it's like, no, you don't know me. You know, also two things. Number one, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and, Baby, I'm sorry. And you know what? Practical jokes are cool for the summer. <laughs> she's, not, she's just being on brand. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not going to go into it when you said, you know, our friends or the people in our lives. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not, not going to give the identity of the person. Okay, but go but, into but it now. you remember you've, when you've one, of, when one of our... Someone in our life, very close to us, especially <laughs> close to me, said... Oh, the days of Columbine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clearly, we don't want to recreate that. Right, but it was one of those things that, you know, it could be a bad joke, but at that moment... It just came out. And, it came out. And, and, right, and right. You know, it was one of those like, oh my God, did you just joke? I mean, that's not a joking matter by any means. But within the context within of the our context relationship, of it, we knew where this person was coming from. Right, right. And, and, you know, that's on... And, and, I understand, and I understand that when you're a public figure, you have to be a little bit different, a no. little bit... No, to a degree, I don't think you do, because if somebody specifically is asking you, what is a prank that you have played on someone? That's true. This person did ask for a prank. The assumption is that you're going to play a prank on somebody who you know, who you have a close relationship with, and who is going to understand that what is happening is in the realm of a joke. The understanding isn't like, oh, well, I was walking down the street and there was this complete stranger and I tripped him. Exactly. You make a point. That's true. There's awareness, and then there's oh, but you're a celebrity. You you you're not like us. It's like no, yeah, they are. You know, and nobody's perfect. But in this day and age of social media, we love the you know, uh, who was it that said you know we love to put them on a pillar, and then once they're up there, just start throwing rocks at them. And it's like oh, uh, it's like no, fuck you. You know, I think it's interesting about this mob mentality because that's perfect. what it is. Perfect mob perfect mentality is that. I still believe that this is a minority of people. It's just a very loud, obnoxious, vocal minority. Yeah. And when we talk about, you know, all this, and and you said it one time, actually it was one of our earlier episodes when we were talking about launching 
our our podcast on Twitter that you're like, oh, the yeah. vile world of Twitter. Jesus <laughs> um, And I've never been on Twitter personally, you know, mm-hmm. as a uh, as, as a, a user. personal user, personal user. So I, I, you know, I don't have too much to gauge that on. But yeah, you were right. The vile world of Twitter. It's so much you could say. Into 100 is it still 120 characters? No, now it's at 200 and something. So there's so, so much you could yeah. still say under 300 characters. There's more room for vitriol. And speaking of Twitter. Mm-hmm. This week saw our commander in chief meet with Rocket Man. Ay, Dios mío. Again, I think of the Elton John song. That would have been great. All this pumping and circumstance, and Donald Trump just shows up, and it's Elton John at the piano. Yeah, so. Dressed with like those platform shoes. Trump and Kim Jong un met. Yes. What did you think of that? So here's the thing I think in the, in the scope of global blah blah. It's a good thing when you can meet with other leaders. And I think that one of the biggest problems, and you have said it several times, is in general, most of the problems in the world, in life, etc., is lack of communication or lack of desire to communicate, right? I think I'm Mm -hmm. oversimplifying. I think there's definitely something to be said for extending an olive branch and speaking and seeing, okay, what the hell's your problem? What do you want? Let's have a conversation, etc., etc., etc. Now... I disagree with him walking in and just being like, you know, he's a great man. You know, he's huge. He's, you know, North Korea. It's great. No, you, you know, th- and that's a problem that I have in general with, with, with Trump is there doesn't seem to be any decorum. It just seems to be like if you were to give some guy, you know, from Hoboken carte blanche to do shit on the flip side. And I know I'm going to sound total wishy-washy. Again, like I said, I think it's great that he met with them, but I do have a bit of an issue, and I and I'm actually going to posit something to you, which I think you're, I think I know where you're going to take it as far as explanation, but I'll do it anyway. I don't like Trump. I don't. I disagree with pretty much everything he does. You say from, you don't say <laughs> from his political views to the fit of his suits. Mm-hmm. I have an issue with it all. But he did do something quote unquote positive in the in the grand yeah. scope of international yeah. relations okay mm-hmm. i would wonder a lot of these more liberal left-leaning people oh why did he meet with him why did he meet with them he shouldn't have met with them no 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 and again there's always nuances and shades of everything but i do wonder if they would have had that same vitriol had it been obama had obama been the one to say hey let's have a meeting and he would have said all right would they still be condemning him because You're the, the fact- right the left, the right would be, but I'm saying, but it would be a pol- pol- political thing again. If Obama would have met with him, uh, obviously the liberals and the Democrats would have seen it as a great positive thing, and the right. the Republicans would have seen it as right. you know. Oh, and therein lies the hypocrisy uh, in this you, whole situation. Yeah, but uh, but everything has been politicized. Right. You know, do I think that him meeting with him with uh, Trump meeting with Kim Jong Un was a good idea? I don't know if good idea is the best term to it, but I mean, I certainly think that meeting with him is a better alternative than where we were some months ago, right. you know, the threatening of nuclear war. I <laughs> I personally, I mean, I'm not I'm not a an expert uh, in, in, in right, war right. matters and, and international relations. International but, relations. Yeah. I never thought for a second that there would be actual nuclear war because I think that uh, this guy in North Korea, and he's, not, he's, he's a lot of things, but he's not dumb. Right. And he knows that if he ever attacked the United States or an American, um, you know, an American territory or even an American ally, right. he knew that he was going to be obliterated. Right, I mean, right. no questions asked. Right, right. He, he knew that that was going to be the end of North Korea, period. And, and I don't I, I, a horrible haircut. Huh? What a way to go with that horrible haircut. <laughs> so I, 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 
I mean, obviously it was a concern, but I, I, I don't know. I always kept thinking, I'm like, this guy is not stupid, people. Right, this guy right. knows he's going to be blown to smithereens if he does this. Right. So this is, you know, this could very well be bully talk. I had a bit, a bit of a different problem okay. with the meeting. And again, I'm not condoning the meeting. And if something positive comes out of the meeting, I will be the first one to say, you know what? I may not like Trump. I may think he's hey. the worst thing that's happened to this country in ages. But you know what? I You give credit where credit is due. I give him credit for having the hostages released. Right. You know, and that is something that happened under his administration. And his administration worked on. I, give, I mean, it is what it is. I give him right. credit for that. You know what really kind of bothered me, and and this is kind of an optics thing. That Ivanka it, wasn't there. No, no, and it's kind of a personal thing. So as you know, um, a lot of times when um, you know the American president or an American dignitary meets with um, somebody else from another country, you know they always put the flags together. Yes, yes. I had a really big problem with the. F- American flag with the North Korean flag. Really? I Why? did. I did because generally... Yeah, it's just protocol. It is protocol, but generally when there is a meeting between two countries, it's two countries that are either allies or two countries that are working together mm-hmm. and s- share sim- similar ideologies mm-hmm. to that of the United States. And I have a really big problem with the American flag, and obviously we're flawed, and, and our history is flawed, and yeah, there's a lot of injustices that still occur in, 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 in the United States, but I had a really big problem with the American flag being next, put being put next to a flag of a country where human rights don't exist, people are murdered for having freedom, you know, just right. thinking outside of the box, people are, are sent to the firing squad for small petty things. Um, Quick question, was the American flag displayed next to the Cuban flag? It was. Did you have an issue with that? Yes, but I have an even bigger issue with okay. this one. No, 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 no. I'm just asking. I want to get. I want to have an, I have an even bigger issue with this one because you know the the issue with Cuba in terms of communism, and that's a whole other conversation. Um, Cuba is obviously because there were similar situations. There are similar situations, but the sim- situation and as bad as a Cuban one is, and obviously we know. The North Korean experience is very different because the things that go on in that country, I mean... Oh, nobody even knows. I mean, he, he, he allegedly, he's murdered people with those fire torch things. He murdered his uncle. He, I mean, it was removed from all propaganda. So th- this is a very extreme country where freedom of, like, just no freedom of press exists. No, I mean, just the freedom of like, practically thought is... Dude. A couple of years ago, didn't they even issue a decree that all the men had to have the same haircut as Kim Jong-un? That's what they said. I mean, once you're dictating what they're giving you at the supercuts... Yeah. So I, I had I had a bit of a problem with that in terms of optics okay. and ideology that, you know, again, yes, it is kind of uh, these two nations working together historically when the two, two flags, but just from an ideology standpoint, I mean... Would you have preferred no flags at all? I would have preferred. Look, I would have preferred I'm just, I'm, that. I'm genuinely listen, asking. Listen, I, I would have preferred that if they met, they met in private. And this whole, you know, put tapping, you know, and I'm not criticizing oh. Trump mm-hmm. about this for being Trump. If Obama would have done this, I would have felt the same way. This whole, uh, you know, putting his hand around his back and you know, oh, he's a great guy, and we're gonna have a great talk. Yeah, it's that's like, an issue. It's like you know what? Shut up. This is not a great guy. He's a right. fucking murderer, and he's a horrible human being, and he's torturing his people and condemning them to a horrible life. So, no, he's not a great guy. Absolutely. Obviously, you don't want to piss him off because you want him to come to the table right. and, you know, and try to figure out something. But there's a way of being diplomatic and, you know, kind of being... There's a way of being diplomatic, but 
not practicing not, practicing restraint correct right and you could be you could try to be diplomatic and try to come to some consensus without blowing smoke up his ass because he's a horrible person and a horrible leader. And, and no, I don't care. You shouldn't be saying he's a, a great guy. Oh, please shut up. You know, and again, if it would have been Obama, I would have thought the same thing. You and, know? and in your defense about that, I will say, listeners, that when the whole thing with Cuba, the relations opened, I remember you were one of the first people to say, Okay, but why? Like you, you did criticize the Obama administration. I, in what are we getting? What out are of we this? getting out of it? And why and are we doing this now? And so you, I, I'm saying it to demonstrate that you are. A I, vocal I still feel critic. mixed. I still feel mixed about the Obama Cuba thing. From the one hand, I understand that Obama wanted to try something new because obviously. <sighs> The embargo didn't work, and nothing, absolutely nothing, right. that the United States did in terms of their Cuban policy worked, because hence, we're still where we are. Yeah. So I understand that Obama wanted to try something differently, and I give him credit for that, but at the same time, what did we get in return for it? Did you Was it in a situation where, okay, we're going to lift certain san- sanctions in, in exchange that you provide... Um, you know, Sugar political, cane, pris- whatever, political prisoners are released. Right. Um, yeah, the there press, was no tip for there, there, Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't a quid pro quo right. at all, whatsoever at all. So that's something I had a really big problem with. What I will say about Obama's visit to Cuba, and this is where my opinion differenti- differentiates from other people that were very critical about it, was that he did speak in a press conference mm-hmm. in front of Raul Castro, you know, maybe five, ten feet away, and he did tell him in his face, in his country, he told him, you need to listen to your people, you need to have let people express themselves, you know, democracy is a wonderful thing, and, you know, pretty much told him in his face that, you know, the crap that he's putting his people through, and, you know, how denouncing right. him yeah. denouncing him so he did do that and i give him a lot of credit for that because you know what he's been the only american president to do that but but yes you are right i was very critical at first of it um so i don't know i i, I hope something good comes out of these talks but i mean we'll see but well you know what i will say we did get from cuba what our next guest oh yes, yes danilo de la torre started off in havana and made his way circuitously here through Paris and we got Adora and that's coming up after this uh, message from our sponsor Hey listeners, it's Ish Don't tell DJ but I'm totally eating the last of the au chocolat truffles Oh my god, these are so good They're absolutely delicious and they're made from France with French recipe, total family secret and right now, you guys can share that secret with me if you go to au chocolat Miami on Instagram and use this promo code PERO P-E-R-O for 10% off your next order Hey, where are you? Oh damn, did you on his way back? Au revoir. Hey listeners, thanks for coming back. Um, so we're here with Danilo, uh, I honestly I forget your last name right now. De La Torre. Danilo De La Torre. But some of you, especially if you're from South Florida, may know him better as the fabulous, just epitome of South Beach glamour, Adora, a drag mm-hmm. queen who... She's almost immortal at this point. She's a life of her own. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Pedro, let me tell you, who got Adora on the podcast. So yes. thank you so much for taking time to come and, and chat with us. I mean, we can't appreciate it enough. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, love you. Love you, guys. Lo- lo- uh, love love you for doing this. Oh, First, thank you. The one, and, you know, because uh, we have to, I think, on the ground stuff needs to get out there. And also thinking of me. You know, thinking of me is already a, a cool thing. We don't like when people don't think 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we as uh, we were talking here before we were recording, you know, one of the things that we want to uh, do with our podcast is introduce the, you know, culture and, you know, drag is something that is very relevant in Miami and you're very iconic in Miami drag in specific. So, well, I have to speak for myself. Like you are legitimately the first drag queen that I remember seeing perform. Um, I think it was actually at Cactus. Oh, wow. So, yes, I'm old. Yes. Oh, and see, though. But you just stuck in my memory because everything about you is just big and, you know, the hair and the the, the jewel, you know, the the, the Mm. rings were gigantic and it was Mm. just such a great like fully formed character Ooh. and so you're when i think of miami drag scene you're the first one i think of so something that we would love to know before adora came about before adora was born tell us a little bit about your background and, and tell us about danilo and danilo what were danilo's childhood dreams and how did we get from danilo the child to right when adora was born oh you're gonna have to get the book <laughs> Isn't that uh, what we're promoting uh, on this? Uh, Are we promoting the book? <laughs> it's well, it's a long story. I'm gonna make it uh, try to make it short. I was born in, in Havana in the early '60s, very early, early. <laughs> um, Cuba with Fidel Castro. I became a dancer in when I was 17. Oh, wow. that, this is it, in Cuba. What I, kind of dancer? I I always wanted to be a classical dancer. That was my dream. Always, but uh, when I told my father, he went, "Are oh, you crazy? Dancers are no, 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 no." Yeah. He was a painter. He was an artist, so he wanted me to paint. Oh, so you come from our, an artistic family? Father, father, my father. But uh, well, I thought I couldn't paint because he was so perfect. He drew perfect. I'm like, I can't do that, so I can't be an artist. Anyways, I so I wanted to dance. No, 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 no. And when I was like nah, ten. There was an, audi- an audition uh, for, uh, for a little school that was opening in a, in a TV station in, in Havana, mm-hmm. downtown, and I went, and I passed the audition. That's a big deal. And uh, like, okay, I won't be a classical dancer, but I'm in this little school that's for something. I'll dance mm-hmm. somewhere. I went back home. I, I passed the audition. You're super excited. No. <laughs> I go, oh, wow. Oh, my God. My wings were down. I was so depressed. I was Horrible, horrible, horrible. I'm like, well, I am going to dance. I don't know how, but I have to dance. Uh, I went back to him and I said, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't be a dancer. It's elemento. It's elemento. It's elemento. Bailador. Bailarina. You're right. I'm going to be a gymnast. So tomorrow I'm starting gymnast classes over there. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I start going the next day to my ballet classes. Every day. And they thought you were going to gym, gymnastic classes. So 11, 10, until um, like 17 or 16, we had a graduation show. So the whole family is invited to see the graduation show. One of the students. <laughs> bueno, espérate. For like seven years, you had them thinking you were doing gymnastics? Yes. <laughs> wow. Surprise. Wow. In my head. <laughs> But I, I think my, my father couldn't like make it. My mother knew all along. She never said so anything. Like, oh. But I never, she, nobody ever saw me practicing free backs or anything. Oh, okay. It was all ballet. Every time I warm up at the house, every, my walk changed. Everything. Yeah, your yeah. walk, your attitude, you want everybody to know that you're a dancer. Uh, <laughs> it's so, my mother knew, you know, but he probably, he didn't want to. Anyways, like, uh, on graduation day, 
uh, they're ready to see gymnast, and then he comes, you know, Danilo as the corsair, el corsario. Oh, okay. So we did a classic thing, and my father was, my mother said that his jaw would like drop. But two minutes later, he was like telling everybody around him that, that's my son over there, my son over here, oh, he comes again. So he became my biggest fan after that. Of course, oh. when I came out, and I said, entonces, se va, yo lo sabía. Yo lo sabía. And my mom, oh, mentira. You know, because it's just, oh, yo lo sabía, da, da, da. When I started working, mm-hmm. and we became we, friends, he was pretty good. He never gave me a hard time for anything, a little bit once, but I let him have it, that was it. Uh, he told me that he knew because we were worms, we were gusanos in Cuba. So we weren't oh, okay. like with anything. And my family was la oveja negra, la peor. <laughs> La que se vestía con ropa americana. Ajá. Y oía rock and roll. Oh, so you were total Yankee. Nosotros éramos los peores. We had like a Ese rock, elemento. We had rock bands in the porch when we had parties that they oh, played wow. for the street. We were the worst. So we weren't going anywhere. I, I, wasn't, I knew that I wasn't going to be an engineer or anything. You know, right, right. I waited for the plane to come and pick us up. So my father said, I knew that you never made it. We make it to the ballet, to the kids' school. Because it's a government thing, the National Cuban Ah, Ballet. okay. okay. Esta es la escuela del campo. La escuela del ballet, la escuela del ballet nacional. De oh, okay, okay, okay. Sí, del gobierno. Sí, so, gobierno. I mean, it's, it's government funded it's, it's, if you're not in accordance. Right. And those schools, you have to, if you want to become, like, you know, a, a, a dancer to, uh, at the opera, at the uh, Paris Opera House or Metropolitan, you start their school because they form you. The Cuban the, uh, ballet school is different than other schools. Really? Which is really fabulous it's, 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 it's a, a good school it's a good school it's at the school that came for Alicia Alonso. Alicia Alonso yeah she invented and created stuff that uh, you know it's uh, they dance different you know we because what we learn even in you know in secondary schools in all the, like my, the school that I went to mm-hmm. is from her their techniques Alicia Alonso have you heard of her I've never heard of her she's no. one of the most iconic uh, ballet and performers of, of all time uh, ella estudió en Rusia verdad uh, or uh, she uh, estudió en, en Cuba en La Habana en New York she danced with uh, uh, American Ballet Theater she did Giselle for the first time with American Ballet, uh, ballet Theater wow. she went for the chorus to do Giselle and, and I believe she's blind right she's or, blind she came blinded and she it's amazing other people could criticize her because she stayed with castro and castro gave her everything right i don't blame her you know in a way because that's her dream to have her company that was talent to have a company yeah. the classical ballet company that represents cuba uh, we never had it. it was a ballet de aquí a ballet de allá but any government would give you like funding to have an american ballet theater or, right. um, no, uh, no, uh, you know, La Opera de Paris, algo así, un ballet, de verdad. If they got to, and gave her okay. anything she wanted. Beautiful rooms, a beautiful school, with beautiful architecture, unbelievable. E- everything, rooms, uh, dancers, uh, everything. So And she molded, she created the school. So you mold your dancers. Okay. From where the baby, so that everybody dance the same. Yeah. It, um, uh, uh, so anyways I, so my father somehow he let me know I didn't want you to be, become a dancer because of that because of the politics because of the politics you were never going to be a, I knew that you would never be a dancer at the National Cuban Ballet that you never do that wow. and the other way for you to become a dancer is to be dan- Bataclan Bataclan means dan- bailar en cabaret 
Oh, oh, no, 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 not the cabaret. No, no, no. That's why he referred to Elemento. Yeah. Yeah. I never got it, you know. But that's how it became. My, I, that, because that was the only choice I, I had. But I loved it, you know. It was um, I? My first job was at cabaret. I was, you know, the yeah. cuerpo de baile. Y de Pranota, después el Teatro Musical de La Habana, etc. But he loved, after a while, he, you know, all my dancers' friends were his friends, and he was pretty cool. But that's uh, so awesome, I mean, because I guess because he's an artist, he recognized you, that was your art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's how you had to express yourself, and he just sounds like he became your biggest fan. Well, he, my biggest fan is a big word, but he liked what I did, he was proud, because also I was working. Right. I was making more, more, at some point, more money than him. I, would, I had two jobs, oh, stuff like that. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. it was I was uh, representing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, and uh, I think he liked <coughs> that. And he had a, it was a fun environment. No, claro, cabaret. But, you know, yeah. so he liked that. You know, the friends that started coming uh, home to visit. Everybody was fun, and my house was always uh, like a party house. So everything, like you know, playing in the. Um, in a way, but that was the thing. So, anyways, I became a dancer. I worked professionally since I was 17. Wow. And I left Cuba in 1985. In 1985, I went to Paris. Uh, I stayed there for a while. This is a small you know, uh, company. It was, a ballet, it was called the Ballet Teatro de la Sena. The Ballet de la, de la Sena del Rio. It was a small company, theater and contemporary dance. And this was now in Paris. This was in Paris, yes. Yeah. Uh, 1985, when I arrived. Uh, I feel like in 19, 1980s, early 1980s, that's when like contemporary dance, I feel like, was having a oh, a, was, a resurgence, right? Yes. A very popular... It, it yeah, was becoming... Everybody wanted to be like Pina Bausch, you know, the German yeah, yeah. Um, love genius. Uh, but for me, it was all new. When I came out of like the, that ballet school, mm-hmm. I was ready for Giselle or Swan Lake, <laughs> mm-hmm. not for Cabaret. Oh. I was not ready for that. So my first audition was horrible. You know, you were too like stiff, too stiff, polished, too right, yeah. ballet, too classical. Yeah, and so you have to dance. You have to move your bones. You have to kick and you know whatever yeah. even like rumba cubano basically total was, yeah. rumba the the la cadera yeah, yeah, you know yeah, the yeah. and I couldn't so this audition this is very funny this audition came along and this was a good one it was a cabaret that was reopening la 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 and they liked me they liked me and they liked another dancer that was in the uh, uh, audition Miguel we're still friends and they like us because we got good techniques and stuff like that, and we also looked alike. So that was, like, um, and they were counting down, counting down. We were like maybe four of us and the other two, the way, and that, by then we knew that there were only two dancers that they needed, two male dancers. And okay. then, anyways, we went downstage, was like the dressing room was under the stage, we went down there, was the light bulb was very hot, and he came to me, I said, Marico, sacate el palo del culo, porque vamos a perder esta audición. And I go, what? I don't even know how to translate that. Yeah. Because it's, it's better so, that we don't. It's so quintessential Cuban. <laughs> yeah. like, it was, it's perfect. Yes, you know, I had a broom up, up my stick. I couldn't move. And he was an instructor in the, uh, at the um, modern dance school. Mm-hmm. So he was... A worm. He couldn't move. He couldn't crawl. He could do anything, anything. And so he taught me a few 
things that I needed to do to move okay. my body. Loosen you up. Loosen me up. And we only have five minutes. Shit. Oh. So you learn this now because if not we're gonna lose this there's we, like a crash course in <laughs> totally. he, he's like i don't want you know we need this we we have it but you need to loosen up to step and, it up and we got the gig and you got it we got it you got the gig thank Congrats. you friends. and i learned lots from him you know from them i started taking you know, more in class and, and stuff like that so you lose up you uh, so anyways went to paris paris stayed there for a while always came to miami to visit but i didn't really like it at the time, it was I thought it was a little boring. Was well, compared to Paris, well, yeah, <laughs> no, that <laughs> was Paris. It was Par- Miami 80s. of the eighties. Yeah. You know, it was but, a different Miami. But it was too It was too flat. Yeah, I have to get in a car. Everything was separated, far yes. away. Yes, yes, yes. And I have to go to the expressway. Everybody <laughs> had to go to the expressway to so and so. Nobody walked. It was like, oh my God. Everybody still has to go on the expressway. I'm like, okay, this is cute. But Paris wasn't hot, really. And Miami had a thing going on. Even in 86, you know, there were places here that were pretty cool. Um, and you were coming here as a dancer? No. To be, uh, I stopped okay. dancing in Paris. Oh, okay. okay. I left Cuba with a back problem. I, I had a little oh. uh, uh, my muscles here. It's see, see. called the gluteal and the lumbar. They go together. And I got the carreras. Anyway, so, uh, and I was doing electricity treatment. If you know about this, if you didn't know about this, now you know. Electricity is the best. Electric shots. Yeah. I've heard that. Oh yeah. I've God, heard that. Yeah, the yeah. best. So, Angel, my ass, and of course, Miguelito, again, Miguel, my friend, he said, No, we have to go to Marta Blanco. Marta Blanco is this lesbian from hell. Yeah, this <laughs> is here in Miami. No, this is in Cuba. This, oh, and this is in Cuba. Uh, you know, and she treat everybody. From the National Cuban Ballet, all the stars. Okay, so she knows to, what she's doing. Oh yes, she treated the stars. Great. One of her treatment it will be one of my salaries a month. Oh wow! A Damn. treatment like a monthly treatment. I would give her my monthly salary. To so her. the lesbian from hell was really expensive. <laughs> but it worked. It, it was. Uh, I mean, from hell because she was very impulsive. She was very tall. Uh, she always wore white, like a white coat, like she was a doctor. And she had a uh, certain pepper hair, of course, you know, uh, with a big bob carry like that, boom, to the side. Like Dorothy Hamill? Yes, <laughs> like that. Um, but, and she gave us shots. So here I am, my first... Um, You're getting like what, cortisone? Cortisone shots or...? Electricity. Oh, electricity. It's an electric stimulation. So I lie down. My problem was, you know, of course, my back, my ass. It was my right ass. And so I lie down on my... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
chest facing her, you know, as a smile, and a little radio in front of me. This is a beautiful 20th century building in Old Havana, high ceilings all painted white, very cool, you know, and the room was also very cool, it was 50s. Okay. So the um, table that I was laying on was like a, a long 50s kind of table with stripes, so pretty cool. That's great. And so I had the radio in front of me with the volts and everything I could see, see attached, yeah, attached the negative or the positive, you know, right. one to my uh, one arm, get the little sponge, uh, oh, okay, dip it right. in water, mm-hmm. and yeah. start sponging me from my neck down to my ass. My right arm will go back like crazy. I never. How many? How many volts? You don't even count. I couldn't count. I couldn't count. And so my arm was like really, you know, you know, it goes back and claro, and yeah, yeah, have, yeah, contract. I had to cut my nails very short. Oh wow! <clears throat> yes, because Jesus it was the, the, yes, very. It's really a trip. Anyways, I got out of there and. I don't know, a week later, I was cured. And you never had it again? No, I had to continue treatment. Uh, I okay, had okay. to continue. But you felt good as new. Yeah. Oh my God, it was, I was jumping because it gives you a lot of um, strength in your muscles. So I was like jumping like anybody else. Wow. And my legs were going up here like anybody else. It was really cool. But once I left France, uh, Cuba, I went to France, I couldn't. You Nobody. Know. I would tell people about electricity and they look at me like I had 10 heads. You know, so they didn't have any hellish lesbians in France? No. <laughs> and it's 220. I'm like, maybe I just broke a cable and, like, you know, and I choked myself. Estilo Bruce Lee. But it's yeah. 220. It's not 110. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's a whole different thing. It's yeah. a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 I might, he know, got more than shocked. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so I, that, I went to my modern dance da, 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 with Miami a few times in 1989 that I did decided to stay in Miami because okay. I thought you know every year I would come back come back and visit and every okay. year I like it better I like it over there a lot but uh, Paris was nothing was going on at the time really really and Miami was about to burst okay. it was about to I'm like this is cool look at these people of course at the beginning I, I went to Uncle Charlie and I couldn't believe it wow, Uncle Charlie in la 40 yes my god I could uh, because I was a little bit more goth I would say at the okay. time, yeah. I was the Beach Mode, yeah, 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 and Cure, all the stuff who were black, and here I am, an Uncle Charlie. Everybody's wearing like polo shirts, and, and they were pink and green. But at this time in the late 80s, early 90s, had you already figured out that you wanted to do drag? Or no, no, I never, you were just goth. Yes, <laughs> you were uh, I, I never thought of dressing for parties for uh, non, not in drag, but costume, you know, doing and, uh, and putting a wig here and there. Well, you're, you know, you're in a, a cabaret, but not ever. But one night, what well, one uh, year, maybe that was probably after 89. I came back. Susan Bach was already on. Susan Bach parties at Warsaw. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. she's doing was, them now uh, in the. El Tucán. El, el Tucán. El Tucán, Tucán yeah, just yeah. closed. It closed? Yes. Ah. But uh, I've been working with her in New York and stuff. Oh, what a shame. Uh, that place was a lot of fun. Yes, yes, yes. Fun. But yeah. the parties then were different. That This is more cabaret than people. Right. Like then was crazy. <laughs> crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. Yeah, no, she's known for that. Yeah. Oh, my God. The parties were, you know, they were really unbelievable. So I got back to, I, oh, I was doing hair in Paris. I couldn't stop dancing. I said, oh, hair. So I started doing hair. I was working in a nice place. And I would go back. And I told my clients about Miami, this and that. People said, this, that, that. And they love. 
on a trip back to Miami, they knew that I was coming to Miami. Right. Well, I had some clients that they were models in the 60s and the 70s, and they were like this beautiful, cool woman. And this woman, she came to the um, hair salon with a bag full of dresses, like couture dresses. Oh, damn. And I get, wow, where are these? I don't use them anymore. Maybe you can sell them in Miami. Maybe you could, because I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. I can sell this in Miami. But I don't know what she, anyways, came to Miami with all these dresses. <laughs> Carlos and I, a friend, we went to. Warsaw one night, Susan Barge party. I'm already in Miami. In Miami wow, well, Warsaw. I haven't heard yes. that in a while. <laughs> yes. I was already living in Miami, yeah. uh, doing hair. And we go to Warsaw for the opening night. One of the, oh my God, this is place. This place, they got people moving in here. And then one night, Susan Barge came. We were there at the party. And we decided in the middle of the night, so like, all the dresses that we have. So you said, hit you, inspiration. Yes. He, Lee, he used to live on, uh, at the uh, Franklin Hotel in Collins at 9. So we walk, so we walk, and whatever, we had come by boots and shorts, but we put the dresses on top of that, and, and, and here we are with the Nina Ricci gown. Wow, you weren't kidding with the couture. Nina oh, no, Ricci, yes, Chica, Nina Ricci, it's around, stuff like that. So we went back to Warsaw in, in a different outfit. But... Carlos' friends at the time, they used to call him Carlos Rodriguez, Carlos Rodriguez, uh, friend. They used to call him Adorita. Like people call each other Luli or Mami or Lili. Right. Okay. They would call each other Adorita. And he introduced me to everybody because we also looked alike. Like his brother from Paris. You tend okay. to find people who look alike, don't you? Yes. <laughs> and they, yeah, the same. Uh, yes. Uh, Carlos also was related, a, a very good friend of Miguel, my friend in Cuba. Okay, so you guys had a little bit of history. You guys yes, knew each Carlos other. Yes, Carlos and I okay. we met in Cuba. Carlos was an ex of my ex. Oh, honey. Damn. So anyways, uh, we crossed. The way we met Carlos and I, we crossed. He was leaving this person in Cuba, and I was coming in. That's how we met. Oh, damn. When Literally he through the door. Yeah. So we just took like, oh, you now. Okay. <laughs> and then we made an audition. We became kind of, you know, friends. Friends, right. Anyway. So his nickname was Adorita. Uh -huh, they, uh -huh, like that. Introduced to everybody. He's a twin brother. He's uh, from Paris. Of course, when we went back to the uh, Franklin Hotel to change and went back to Warsaw. So who are you now? So we were the Adora sisters. Mm, okay, so if I'm understanding correctly, the iconic Adora was kind of born from a lady who gave you all these dresses, and you guys decided to go to Warsaw. And middle, <laughs> middle of the night Warsaw inspiration. Yeah, and the, and the name from Carlos. I from Carlos. owe the name from Carlos. to Carlos and Carlos. Man, <laughs> so that's both, awesome. Now, I, I mean, I, I read up a little bit on you. Yeah. I know that I think at first both of you... It was like, like Adora Sisters, yeah, so it was sisters. both of you yes, at, uh -huh. at, at, yeah. at the beginning. And it, was, you know, it was a hood, it was a lot of fun, because, we, uh, because then, like that night, we weren't worried anything. We had no idea. Right. But I had an idea. I'm like, this is how we need to look. But so by this time, it's already like 90, 91? 91. Yeah. Uh, 90. 90. Carlos died in 1991. Oh, so he only plus... So we, I, I, I knew that one, you know, big hair and platform shoes, of course, and big, but I couldn't like put it all together. I couldn't do the makeup or the hair the way I really had it in my, so if you see 
photographs from the beginning, you see an evolution, because I didn't want to have anybody do anything. I mean, I needed to learn myself. Right. I, you know, I wanted this, like, the National Swan Lake Arts, mm -hmm. you know, that's... That's where the inspiration comes that's from? That's why I wanted Swan that. I'm like, how do you do that? Eyeliner? I'm like, I couldn't do that. I knew makeup, you, you know, you learn makeup in school, male makeup. In my, right, in my head, right. I go, okay, male makeup, more. So just so, so there's something there's something that I'm curious about because you know in terms of mainstream not underground culture mainstream I feel that like the first mainstream drag queen in the 90s especially was probably RuPaul when RuPaul came with Supermodel and what was that 93 that was about 92 93 yeah, yeah, yeah right and before that I may be a little bit off of my history here I know Divine was really big with the pink flamingos mm -hmm. and all that and right. I feel that in between maybe in mainstream there wasn't a lot of uh, drag queens in the mainstream. mainstream so, so did you get kind of an inspiration from like somebody like a divine, you know, um, or were you completely like spearheading like uncharted territory? No. Because this was before RuPaul yes. in 93. No, no divine, because I didn't know about, about divine much. I didn't know about a lot of True, people. true, because you're uh, coming from Cuba and then yeah, France. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, learning everything. but. Inspiration, I would say, you know, some old Hollywood vedettes, old Cuban uh, okay. vedettes. Like uh, old school glamour. Funny, yeah, with a touch of the other funny characters that off. Okay. Because I think what's fun about, funny about being glam is that you're not glam all the time. You have to have a little... Se te tiene que salir de vez en cuando, you know? So that's what makes it funny. Because, uh, you know, she can get... Slip. Yeah. Um, can go, hey, por favor, or go, hey, ¿qué pasa? Yeah. Right. You know, uh, and that. Uh, keep him entertained. Keep it, uh, it, yes. It, yeah, yes, yeah keep but him go guessing. from this to this, and then, you know, because that, I think that, that was funny, going refined, if you want to say, yeah. to shout and then come back. The yes. reserve. Like nothing happened. La señora. Like yeah, nothing right. happened. Well, Maybe, well, that's also yeah. something that, you know, we were talking. A lot of times when you see drag queens, especially nowadays, but in, in general, it, it's a very polished kind of look. A lot of them so, try to look like women now. Uh, well, that's, but, but, but the, the look is very good together. So something that I've, I've, I'm curious about is, you know, like, for example, Adora, how did you, like, what little things here and there did you get to create that character? Whether it was your own life experiences or muses that you had to create what we now know as Adora. Mm, I think life experiences for sure for from my experience working in um, show business from seeing all these okay. women all these characters the music but i think that comes through yeah. in your pieces you do perform very like older pieces older music you know like your maria calas la, la, mm -hmm. la lupe mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. things like that you know he's not coming out and doing not there's anything wrong with it but like ariana grande mm -hmm. you know you do yeah. a very old school very classical like yeah. i just love it you can hear the vinyl yeah. you know in, me, in your pieces it's a little bit more it's for me you know i'm not saying any everybody has to whatever you do whatever you do you need right. to do the all i want to do the best you can do you know right, and entertain yeah. me but i think it's a little bit more challenging at least for me to find things like that or just more fun it, mm -hmm. it's more interesting because i can do a brilliant spears number right and She's still alive. I can have another one in a month. True. And another one, you know, the people that I choose, they're all dead. 
So you need to read, you need to like figure it out, you know, because how you know how much of a looper can do or Janis Joplin or this and that. Sure, because yeah. right, you only have so much material. Sorry, so much yeah, yeah. But then you you get creative. You go through that, and then you go through something else, right. or or you know. But that speaks to what you're saying is keep them guessing. You know, yeah. you 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 don't want to always be known as oh here comes so and so, and they always do a Whitney Houston with a blonde wig and a form-fitting gown. It's, like, you want to keep them guessing. Yeah, for me, it's a bit boring. It's, when you say, you know, you call this one a vedette. A vedette means a lot. Yeah. You talk, you sing, you comedy, you cry, you go la 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 la, you go everywhere. Today, you're a rock and roll girl, yeah, yeah. And, but tomorrow you're uh, coming Miranda. Yeah. And that's the fun, you know, for me, that's the fun. It's that's what's fun. Yeah. It's funny when he says vedette, I always think of Edie Chacon. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, to that, me she's yeah, like the quintessential yeah. Yes. Yeah. we have you know our brother in Cuba is uh, Rosita Fornes Rosita Fornes yeah. Rosita Fornes <laughs> man I hear my dad talk about Rosita Fornes so much <laughs> so, I want to ask you something just on a personal level because when I think of you I do I, number one I always recognize that you are I think one of the first drag queens I ever saw to do drag like bald with a scarf mm-hmm. but aside from that Whenever I see you pull out the green wig, mm-hmm. to me that's like the quintessential Adora look. And yeah. I just, on a personal level, where did that wig come from? Because I feel like that's so, it's so yeah. you. It's, it's it's like the epitome yeah. of your character. It's so bright and. It's just another color, and the, you know, maybe the green gets yeah. stuck on you because it's so green. Like I get excited yeah. when I see you come out with a green wig because I know that we're gonna get a phenomenal performance. Yeah. Like it's oh, just like yeah, like okay, the, the green wig it's is like on. A magical. The green, green wig, wig is on. Uh, Sit down, grab your hats because this shit's gonna get oh real. God. Yeah. What if I wear pink? <laughs> it's still gonna be great. Yeah, but the yes, green, yeah. the green is. But, um, it's for me. It's another one. I see the like the iconic uh, about a wig is a, like blonde bombshell kind of like a uh, that I used to use. You know. Sometimes, but it's a big blonde, like big wave. Okay, um, like a Jane Mansfield. Like a Marilyn on acid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, a steroid. Okay. That, that, you know, uh, that was the first um, hair I had. was made by Christy, the woman that she did that. It's my hair. And it was offered to me by uh, Greg Coleman, uh, Vadla. Um, rest in peace, also another artist, um, Miami Beach artist. He gave us to the Adora Sisters. The first outfits we had, oh, wow. who were backup singers for him. Yes. Oh, oh, honey. <laughs> the stories you could oh, tell, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I want to switch gears for just a moment because I know that obviously you're a dancer, you do drag. I mean, all of this really falls under the heading of art. And I know that you are also part of like an art duo mm-hmm. here in South Florida. And I don't want to mess up the name, mm-hmm. so I'm going to ask you to say it. Yeah. It's, La- it's called Labo Mamo. Labo Mamo. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I, I, I checked you guys out and you, it's yeah. a lot of performance pieces. Yes, we, it's like a performance art group. But okay. just my partner and I, David Ron. Uh, and we add or people depending on budget or this and that. But it's mainly performance art. We started, you know, a few years ago. How can I? It's a performance artist, a little bit more serious, right? Yeah, in a way, because mm-hmm. you know, drag can be serious too. But uh, this, the people think it has to be very serious performance art. We also try to include humor because I can't take life like totally 100% serious. It's like mm-hmm. impossible. We die. But we touch um, or social problems or or stuff we have a, uh, one of the plays was called Silencio um, 
And Silencio, it's a, a piece that is about love uh, between two men. Okay. Uh, one is an American soldier, mm-hmm. an American base in the Middle East. Okay. And the other one is a uh, Muslim prisoner. Okay. Oh. Pris- like a prisoner of war. Of, of war. You couldn't get a more complicated <laughs> scenario. <laughs> the O'Meal. You know, when you see the picture, you say, wow, complicated. Or whatever. It's, it's about these two guys, that are in, they are in the same place. They're in love and they can't have it. Because right. none of the two religions, the Bible or the Quran, led them. So, it's, so we use that. We started with the, God, the two gods coming. We were two guys, two guys, one read the Bible, we call it the Bible, and the other one will read the, um, the, uh, the Quran. And, you know, we see the verses and stuff like that, what they say, it's like, a, we're fucked. Because they, they, you know, it's against us. So it's, no so matter how different both, it is, it's the same. They're both in the same boat. Right. Even though you're fighting. So it was about that, you know, a little bit of invasion, this and that. Um, it was a... a, a Cool piece, really. Uh, silences, close silences. Okay. Silencio. Uh, and when was that performed? That was a performance, and uh, we did it a, a few places. We did it at, uh, at the Wolfsonian mm-hmm. Museum, and um, also at, at the Cinema Tech in uh, Miami Beach. Oh, okay, cool. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. And then other uh, things, you know, that we don't. We don't. Mister, Mister, and Mrs. President is a performance that we do as two candidates. Um, we like two mannequins. You know, it's, it's just stand there. And we repeat the movements that the politicians normally do. They oh, have, okay. They have like six movements down that they all do. You know, this one, uh, Victoria, the, the peace sign. The peace the... sign. They have, you know, look at you over there, you know, uh-huh. the point. And then the fake, look the fake laugh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at, oh, you here. And they point at the, you pointing, and they do the same thing, you pointing to yeah, the they do. That's so funny he says that, because I've always thought that's so I'm like, yeah. where are you pointing and smiling yeah, at? You know, and the, Put, you know, the, uh, in the, in the hand, they always do that. So anyway, we copy some of this and we repeat it over and over again in different timing, both of us. Okay. It's very creepy. So we do that as candidates. Um, awesome. Are you guys working on anything right now? Or? Uh, right now, well, we did a video. Now we a little bit more like the homeless thing, stuff mm-hmm. like that. We, we've been involved with the homeless like situation in Miami. It was really mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, but little by little, a little bit more. We started like getting sleeping bags. For example, we go to the thrift stores. We buy some sleeping bags if they don't sell, uh, and we take them downtown or here. And oh, that's so nice of you. Beach. It's uh, so you know, or teachers, this and that. And we talk to them. No, lots of them. But every time there's more and more and more. And more. Yeah. Uh, so we did a video, kind of about that, uh, and we're in the uh, process of editing. So stay tuned. Awesome. Okay, uh, so, yep, let us know. Please, please. let us know yeah, so we could yeah. we could Definitely you know put it promote it here on our. We did everything. The music. Uh, we went home and we record the music, making noise with, you know, with uh, so instruments. Everything. There, it's everything. all homemade. All, all totally, is, totally, totally uh, that's homemade. Uh, that's beautiful. Um, with friends and stuff like that. But uh, yes, you know. So that's uh, what what we're doing now. Uh, kind of. The, um, they um I want to I want to bring it back to drag for for a second because we were you know we were kind of discussing before you got here kind of you know in terms of the interview and one of the things that we were curious about is that RuPaul's Drag Race it's a phenomenon it gone mainstream it's you know millions it's around millions of people's homes you know and drag was something that essentially was something that was underground so what we were illegal. curious 
and he, well, well, he was yeah. an underground for so many years. Stonewall was started by, uh, by a drag queen. Yeah. So something that we were curious about, and we would love to hear your thoughts on it, since you, you know, not only because you're iconic, but because you've been in, in this so long. You've seen the evolution. Do you feel that something like a RuPaul's Drag Race has elevated the art or it's watered it down a little bit? Because now, you know, there's a million guys who... <laughs> want to do drag and think they're drag queens. Listeners, and, the face that he's making trying to figure out how to answer this humorously but diplomatically <laughs> but honestly, it's like, it's like, how do I say this? I don't want to say that, but should I say that? Pero, it's, pero it's tell fantastic. us. No, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You know, I think in a way, mainstream is good. RuPaul put drag out there for many, many, many to come out. Mm-hmm. and be accepted many that would never ever thought of doing it or even putting on a dress because they could be hit in the head you know mm-hmm. that he put out good talent true not a lot bueno like, <laughs> that you know some some yeah, yeah. Yeah, like maybe it's like American Idol I was say, we, we, oh, there's good and there's bad you know yeah, there's yeah. been some good talent and not yeah. some great talent but and it's mainstream that's what mainstream that's two things yeah. water th- things down that's yeah. what, you have that's to be what a little bit of everything. Is you know, it's more like what they expect from a drag queen. You know, mm-hmm. most uh, of you know the time, but not too outrageous. You can't right. be too outrageous if it's in your blood. You know, I I, I don't care about outrageous because I want to be outrageous. If you want right. to be outrageous, just need what after that. Yes, so organic. You got you know, in a. In one word, yes, it's good. It's good. RuPaul is, uh, uh, the drag race is good. Uh, he throw a lot of bad talent out there that they do very good makeup and very good look everything together. Nothing smooch, nothing, nothing. But the shows, they hurt. Algunas son aburridísimas. I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. It's, it, you know, and I'm like, wow, this nightclub is bringing this person over here. They're paying them, you know, so much. See, because those girls, they get they, some. No, once you get to the charge, level, yeah. you get the charge. Yeah, more, yeah. You know, and um, so they paying for that because of the name, you know. First, in the ass, you always say, RuPaul! <laughs> and then, Drag Race! And then, so and so is coming! <laughs> you know? Uh. And, Mainstream again, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you have to sell it, you know, business, complain, it's great. Yeah. Uh, but then the audience, because it's mainstream, mainstream is like zombie in a yeah. way, you know, it's like this is what everybody's doing now. Sick. She's famous, she's on TV, good for her. I mean, I'm not, you know, good for no, her. Yeah, yeah. when they get there, what I heard lots of time is like, oh my god, the show for a mierda. That's you know, the show was horrible because they, how many drops. Yeah, exactly. How There's so many, many death drops. Yeah. Do you feel that it's because uh, somebody who's mainstream has to appeal to everybody? Because I know there's people that it's like, there's drag shows that are family friendly, you know? But then there's some, obviously, that it's more artistic and, gr- you know, grittier and all that. So they have to appeal to more men, you know, to all types of people rather than, you know, more grittier shows. I don't think that they think that they have to. That's the way they, that's the way they express themselves. That's their look. That's their thing. Okay. It's, I don't think that they like. I, I, they plan to. I need to be everything. Be yeah. mainstream now. Yeah. This is, is things. I think become become mainstream like organic. You know this because mainstream like this. Okay. You know. You tailor yourself. 
it, to what is mainstream. Or, or, yes, or mainstream tell you. You know, when okay. mainstream goes to see you, the more they go to see you, it's because they're approving. Right, right. They're approved. That's, that's true. And that's, yeah. mainstream approve normal. So you can't change that because then that, they won't come see you. Maybe, but maybe you won't change it because that's what you like to do. Right, right. You like it that way, so it's a match. You like to be this way and they like to be this way. But I know, you know, for a fact that it's the more normal, the more easier to get to mainstream. RuPaul looks unbelievable, you know, unbelievable. But it's not an outrageous look. I mean, it's, it's not... Right. Well, it's a supermodel It's a look. supermodel it's a supermodel look. of the world, you know, yeah. That, it's more appealing to mainstream True. that if you go to Dragula, for example, yeah, yeah. you know the, that this girl's are really unbelievable. Oh, no, Dragula is... You know, yeah. I love... You know, you're not yeah. going to have a talk show host with piercing ears yeah. and, you know, and black teeth and stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, Dragula, because I, I don't think you know what it is. It's, it's like a subversive version of drag race i think uh-huh. it's only online yes and it's like goth drag queens who mm. come out and like bite the head off of a chicken or you know mm-hmm. just like right, very right, like right. ozzy osbourne yeah, drag, yeah if you will so it's yeah. a little bit yeah. more on the ground more free i think you know even though they have the look and the look have to like that way but it's open right yeah i mean you can because i've seen you know drag pretty girls but crossing eyes yeah <laughs> you know it's, yeah. That you can be it's it's like about I think it's more about being different the edge or True. more beyond the ground so in other words Dragula is not getting uh, put on VH1 anytime yeah, no, soon Dragula is not going to win two Emmys uh, not for now no, no. not for now no 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 <laughs> so I mean you've been doing this for for a bit where do you see Adora in like 30 years con burrito hopefully retire in an uh, in a, <laughs> These yourself like, like shady side. pines combing yeah. out the green wig, <laughs> putting on drag shows for the senior yeah, citizens. Maybe. I don't know. I uh, really, my theory is, you know, I'm living now. I'm happy, yeah. very happy now. My next project, it's in a month. Right, you know, right, it's yeah. uh, like that. I, I don't know. I'm playing music now. Oh, what do you play? More. Yes. What do you play? When normally I like house and uh, deep house and. Oh, oh, you're like you're DJing. Yes, DJing, DJing. Oh, okay. yes. oh when you said playing music, I thought like on a guitar or like I go see. Oh no, no, no! I can only like, like things that I can tap into, like, you know, maraca and tambor. Like a Simon. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Somebody's head. Uh, but um, I like to DJ uh, okay. somewhat. I I'm loving it. I'm really loving it, and performing. You know, until I cannot walk no more, or I. I don't know. I like to perform. So Until now, we get him more electrical stimulation. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Now so, that you're back yeah. on this side of the, of the globe, yeah, exactly. it's okay. Yes. It's okay. Somehow, you know, being involved, that's, my, that's you know, I, yeah. I need to be involved with the arts or performing anything that, uh, but no immediate plans really. Just twist next Thursday. That's my, <laughs> my, frogs my future. Frogs and and frogs yeah. song. That's my, my future. <laughs> my plans. Bueno, Alora, thank you so much for, for your time. It has been insanely fun. Thank for, you. I mean, I, again, like I said, I've been watching you perform for years. And so to have you sitting across from me and talk to you and get to know this much more about you mm. is a pleasure and an honor, to be quite oh, honest with you. you. You know, I think, the, I mean, you've been performing since you were seven. 
So I don't think you're going anywhere anytime soon. I think you're going to just keep performing, like you said, and whether it's as a performance just artist or drag or... <laughs> <laughs> No, and one of the things that we, we want to do with our it's... podcast here is, you know, we always say, listen, laugh, and learn. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, this conversation, you shed light to a lot of listeners that maybe aren't as familiar with uh, they, what they see is on TV, like on our RuPaul's Drag uh-huh. Race and all that, yes. but they don't see the trajectory that you go right. to as a, a performer starting as a little boy and then going to Paris and all that and seeing the full scope of, you know, where person. Wh- where you went and how you got to where you are. So thank you for sharing with us. Oh, we cool. we really appreciate it. That's that's our goal. Thank you yeah. for having me. No, it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Much love, everybody. Better let, let me tell you. And we're back. That was a pretty damn fun interview i mean i have to say it was yeah entertaining yeah. and he, he was um you know obviously you guys couldn't see but he was very animated i feel like it came through though yeah and yeah like, it did very expressive it did. and it did and and you know what i felt when we were interviewing him that we kind of had a very passive role because i think he was so effective in his storytelling that it's like it didn't yeah we don't want to get in his way yeah it, you know which i know that as interviewers we kind of have to guide the ship sure. but i felt that he was so kind of methodical in, in the trajectory of his life yeah, and his yeah, career yeah. that many times i was just sitting there like just listening to him like wow yeah and i mean i had seen him perform as Adora before but you had the opportunity um last, actually last week yes for the first time. yes yeah, I, yeah. that was great we went over to the um adrian arts center which is the performing yep. arts center here in miami and they did a great event for uh for pride community dance um it was a tea dance and as i said mariah carey <laughs> i quoted mariah carey they said there would be tea but we went there and it was a great show and and um thank you to the uh to the arts center, center for having us Absolutely. and um it was it was a great time shout we'll, out to the arch center to adora to dj hot pants yeah we'll know, be we'll be everybody post, you know <laughs> we're, we're posting all these pictures this week so it's about that time so after the last couple of weeks of uh having you know very deep last sodas of the desert i'm back to being fizzy oh yeah me <laughs> so my last soda of the desert is for a program that i've actually been well i binged on netflix recently it's on the cw it's the reboot of dynasty now for those of you who don't know <laughs> dynasty Hi, was crystal and alexis the quintessential 80s nighttime soap opera it was just big hair cat fights bitchiness left and right and i am glad to report that the reboot is not lacking in any of that um on the i think it is isn't one of them latin Yes, so Crystal, in the first one was Linda Evans played Crystal. Well, now it's um, Natalie Kelly. She plays Cristal. 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 So you know what would have been great um, when you said Cristal? Wouldn't it have been great if she would have been the same character as in Cristal? The soap opera, the Venezuelan soap operas from the 1980s? Well, it's funny you say that because her character is Venezuelan. Her character is I'm going to make believe that it's her. Yeah. <laughs> that she married it to Colby. Colby, is it Colby Oil? Um, Colby, Carrington. Den- Denver Carrington. Denver Carrington. 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 Yes, yes, yes. But that's actually one of the things that I love about it because it's main- managed to maintain that bitchy, campy, over-the-top feel. Mm-hmm. But it's also the fact that it's introduced um, Crystal as being Venezuelan and then her nephew, who is actually is Sammy Joe, who in the previous was a Heather Locklear yes. character. Yes, Heather Locklear was a real piece of work in well, the original. Well, Sammy Joe's a piece of work, too. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole subplot about their family and Venezuela, and they talk about the realities of what's going on in Venezuela. And, you know, so they kind of weave in a little bit of mm-hmm. education, if you will. And I, I, I love it. I mean, I think the fact that they're not just 
generic Hispanic right. that they chose. They specifically said Venezuela and, yeah, yeah. and the, what's going on in Venezuela. And what's going on in Venezuela. And there's a whole subplot with, you know, sending money to Cristal's sister because she's, you know, con falta dinero. And, you and there's what? entire scenes that are just in Spanish. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I need to check it out. You know that... Um, I, for some reason, I started watching Dynasty on on um, Amazon. Yes, I didn't watch all three hundred episodes, but I, I watched probably like three or four episodes per season. Uh-huh. You know, to give me enough, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's just wonderful. I mean, Alexis is just amazing. And you know what I found really interesting is that um, maybe you knew or, or some people knew, but since it's June and it's Pride Month, that the first major gay character on an American show was on the on the a original dynasty, dynasty. Yes. it was blake's son yep and they've maintained that um he is gay but now because sammy joe is a boy he's actually gay as well and um heather locklear is a boy <laughs> heather locklear is a gay man which if you've seen melrose place anything can happen Woodward. <laughs> so yes that is my last soda of the desert and do you know why it's the last soda okay because this champagne is burnt Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. If that show goes on, okay, and they stay true to the original, they've already got a second season. Okay, and they stay yeah, true yeah. to the original. I would love to see who they're gonna pick to be Dominique. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to see that yeah. when Dominique enters. Because I gotta tell you, everybody when they talk about cat, the cattiness and bitchiness of that show, they always talk about Joan Collins and her character Alexis, which of course. Yeah. But let me tell you something, Dominique. Was, Diane Carroll. She was amazing. You know, you know why she got that role? Uh, why? Because she literally met Aaron Spelling, who was the creator mm-hmm. of the show. And in passing, she told him, you know what your show needs? He's like, what? He's like, she's, literally, she said, a black bitch, and it should be me. <laughs> How do you say no after that? But you know, but you know what? What I thought I thought was so great about her character and her, you know, her Diane Carroll in particular is that she was so refined and oh, so, you know, she was so classy. But at the same time, she will cut you. <laughs> like she, I, I, yeah, that scene with the champagne burnt. I love when she goes when Alexis goes to her. I can assure you that the uh, the. Um, the the caviar the beluga. is not burnt. She's like, I wouldn't know. That's whatever Pacheco. I only have beluga. <laughs> Good day, Alexis. <laughs> She's like, bitch. <laughs> Which, by the way, nobody ever talks about it, but they had a fight as well. They had a um, oh, yeah, yeah, Alexis yeah. And, and Dominique. So yeah, that's a good that's a, a good last soda, last cook of the desert. So well, my last cook of the desert, and I guess we kind of came back to our regular roles as yes, you yeah. being um, a little bit more frivolous and me being a little bit more serious. It goes to Kate Upton, but I will okay. tell you why it goes to Kate Upton. Because she's gorgeous. She is gorgeous. I mean... It, it goes to Kate Upton because uh, this week, actually, the co-founder of Guess, of Guess Jeans, the oh, Guess, yes, the yes, Guess yes, brand, yes, yes, yes. Paul Marciano. Marciano. Paul Marciano. It, it's several brothers that founded the Guess brand. Know. Yeah, I think it was four brothers or five brothers but paul marciano is i believe the ceo of he's a face nothing else of guess and he has you know he stepped down from the position Mm -hmm. and um he um i think he's going to be on the board until the end of the year and he's going to be involved in uh, like 
creative director something until the end of the year kind and then he's completely out. then he's completely out so what happened was that um, some time ago Kate Upton um, made a, in an interview stated that she had a really bad experience working with him mm-hmm. and um, you know that he fondled her and that he grabbed her boobs and right. just you know really unpleasant and inappropriate experience right. with him because unlike Demi Lovato and her bodyguard they did not have that type they of relationship not have that in their lives the distinction their relationship was was professional um or at least from her end she Correct. thought it was professional and the reason why i'm giving them a last coke of the desert is because i think that this is the proper way that these matters should be handled mm-hmm. guess the board of guests Correct. and this man is on the board uh filed an independent investigation of this matter and the investigation did find that he was inappropriate with her and then other people you know they opened up Pandora's box but it was done through an investigation so there was due process Mm -hmm. you know you you have to trust the process to a certain extent so it wasn't a situation also there's no bias in this instance right and it wasn't a situation of like accuse and condemn now you know and they found that he was inappropriate and they obviously when they um, released their findings you know he did what he had to do um, what was at the very minimum the proper thing for him to do Correct. and to resign and um, and and I think that that's very worthy because again uh, when we keep talking about the Me Too movement and, and everything mm-hmm. that's going on now we keep saying that th- it's great it's great that this is happening because for so long women had to take it and women had to right. be silent Suffer about what they silence. were going through but at the same time you know now there is a lot of gray area because then what's considered abuse what's considered right. you know sexual harassment you know is me saying to a woman. Oh, you look pretty today, or you look great in that dress. Is that harassment? Is that not harassment? But I think that here, the proper protocol was done. There was an investigation. They did what they had to do, and these are the findings. And if the the findings were that you were inappropriate, then you need to get the hell out. So my last Coke goes to Kate Upton. Who probably doesn't drink Coke, or at the very minimum drinks Diet Coke. Maybe Coke Zero. Yeah, Coke Zero. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is a way that this needed to be handled. So, absolutely, absolutely. good for them. So, that was episode numero 19. Yes, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys again for joining us. I know it's... Some some of these go a little longer than we than than we anticipate, but you know what? we have so much to say. And so we you hope probably you, guys got, are enjoying you probably it. already got to work, and then you just finished listening to us on the way home. So are you just sitting in your car in the garage? Yeah, you're already you're at late. the office. Yeah. So um, as we always say, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And so grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your jupina. And until next time, everybody, have a fantastic day. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 